16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Great Britain. Last week... Liz Truss announced after just 44 days in office, she would be stepping down as prime minister so she could move on to becoming that person who everyone recognizes, but they can't quite remember from where. <laughs> like, did we go to high school? To- oh, you were the prime minister! Oh, so sorry about that. Anyway, can I have two large popcorns, please? And uh... <laughs> anyway, Liz Truss is gone. And it looks like the UK's got a brand new man. We begin in the United Kingdom, which is about to get its third prime minister in less than two months. Just a short time ago, the ruling Conservative Party announced that former finance minister Rishi Sunak won the race to become party leader and prime minister. Rishi Sunak will become this country's first ever prime minister of color, first ever Asian prime minister, and first ever Hindu prime minister. Rishi Sunak, not only the first person of color to walk through 10 Downing, also the youngest prime minister here in about two centuries. Really a historic day. A former investment banker, he and his wife are reported to be among the country's richest people. It is the greatest privilege of my life to be able to serve the party I love and give back to the country I owe so much to. Yeah, that's right. The UK's new prime minister is former finance minister Rishi Sunak. And he's Indian, he's Hindu, and he's only 42 years old, which means he will probably serve well into his 42 and a halves, easily. <laughs> and, and let's not forget, let's not forget another important first. He's also the first prime minister who's an absolute snack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you, Rishi. And before you're thinking, oh, is he? Don't forget who came before. Don't forget. <laughs> We're moving on up. Of course, of course, 
Not everyone in the UK is happy about Rishi Sunak taking the top spot and making history. And it's not because of his policies or because of his personality. No, there are some people who have a problem with um, something else, as, as this caller to a British radio show so eloquently explained. Is the real problem here, Jerry, that Rishi Sunak is a brown man and you don't trust him at the top of this country? Well, did you imagine him going to the Scottish Nationalists and being the Prime Minister of the Scottish Nationalists? Could you imagine me becoming the Prime Minister of Pakistan or, or Saudi Arabia? No, these things matter. I'm sorry you don't like it, but this is predominantly, we're talking about England, right? 85% of the English people, yes, are white English people, and they want to see a Prime Minister that reflects them. Yeah, yeah, this guy has a good point. Can you imagine if white English people wanted to rule countries where no one looked like them? Oh, that would never happen. Can you imagine that world? What would that world be like? <laughs> now, you know what's so funny to me? It's funny how racists always say, oh, colonization was fine, it was business, that was... until they feel like they're being colonized. Then all of a sudden it's like, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. You're not even being colonized. The guy is British. What's wrong with you? You know, and if you ask me, British racists are looking at this whole thing all wrong. This could be a good thing for you people. After 400 years, you'll finally get to legitimately blame a brown person for your country's problems. You're living your dreams. <laughs> Wake up. I mean, there, there is a part of me. There's a part of me that feels a little bad for England's racists. <laughs> no, because, because remember, remember, they voted for Brexit specifically <laughs> to keep Britain white. <laughs> and that vote started a seven-year chain of dominoes that has now led directly to an Indian prime minister. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they're probably like, oh, this is certainly a rich irony at my expense, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And here's the thing, keep in mind, this caller even says that he is Tory. So this is the same party as Rishi Sunak, right? Which means they probably agree on all the same policies. He just doesn't like that he's not white, which I don't understand. I truly don't understand. What are you scared of? Huh? What, is this, what is this caller scared of? Does he think Sunak is gonna walk up to the podium on his first day in office and be like, it is the greatest privilege of my life to be able to give back to the country I owe so much to. And to show my gratitude, I just want to say, I'm selling the entire country to India. <laughs> That's right, revenge time, you bastards. This was the plan the whole time. Happy Diwali, mother bitches. It's not gonna happen, you racist. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The Dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The midterm elections, you know, that all-important day in November where you vote for a senator or a congressman and then a bunch of positions you're not even really sure are real. (laughs) But this November, this November, there's one governor's race that could change things, not just for their state, but for everyone. And I'm talking about Arizona. It's the state for people who like Texas, but wish it had more scorpions and old people. (laughs) Right now, in Arizona, Republican Carrie Lake is in a neck and neck race against Democrat Katie Hobbs. And if Lake wins, it could change the course of American democracy itself. So let's get to know her better in our latest installment of Fringe Watching. candidate for Arizona governor and boss who's gonna send you back to Starbucks until you learn the difference between a flat white and a latte, you moron! <laughs> of all the newcomers to MAGA politics, Carrie Lake is making the biggest waves. She defeated a mainstream Republican in the primaries. She's endorsed by Donald Trump himself, right? And she insists on saying Merry Christmas even in July. <laughs> and every time she opens her mouth, every single time she speaks, you can see why the Trump crowd loves her. As governor, I will issue a declaration of invasion, finish President Trump's wall, blow up the cartel's drug tunnels and surveillance drones, and deploy the Arizona National Guard to stop illegals from entering. Between anti-American history that's being taught, inappropriate sex education, and the racist critical race theory, or as I like to refer to it all, woke curriculum, it is teaching our children Hatred. It's time to take a sledgehammer to the mainstream media's lies and propaganda. During Pride Month, Lake tweeted, they kicked God out of schools and welcomed the drag queens. They took down our flag and replaced it with the rainbow. Katie Hobbs thinks there are 47 different genders. Why don't you go out and try to milk a bull and tell me how that goes? GOP strategists say she's taking Trump's message and morphing it into her own. You can call me Trump in a dress any day. No! No! Why did she say that? Uh, now I'm picturing it, Trump in a dress. Uh, I didn't want that image in my head. Uh, I can see it now, the balls are just dangling in the breeze. Uh, they look like two tiny mandarins. Uh, each one has a comb over. Why did she say that? Why? <laughs> but yeah, as you can see, Carrie Lake is full on magorific. She hates illegal immigrants, drag queens, and the mainstream media. I mean, did you see how she just smashed the shit out of those TVs? Which for some reason are all from 30 years ago. <laughs> no, really, why, why are those TVs so old? What, is, is her whole campaign just an excuse to clean out her garage? Big government is just like these, this lawnmower that I no longer need. Yeah! <laughs> also, for the record, if you disagree with what you see on one channel, you don't have to sledgehammer the whole TV. You can just 
change the channel to something different. We have that technology now. It's the future. Now, if you've only been following her for this election, you might think she's your standard right-wing Republican. You know, MAGA this, hang Mike Pence that, normal stuff. <laughs> but what makes Carrie Lake's story fascinating is not who she is, but who she used to be. Carrie Lake used to be known in Arizona as a charismatic newscaster. He's a lion, hear him roar. A staple on Phoenix TVs for more than two decades. Just over a decade ago, she was an Obama donor. Her friends described her as liberal, and yet you saw her shift slowly and gradual over the last decade. In 2015, several of her friends say she found Trump to be funny and defended his crassness. She began spreading internet conspiracy theories. You can take the hydro hydroxychloroquine as a preventative. Although Lake has criticized drag queens, she was friends with a popular local drag queen for 20 years and often went to his drag shows. Yeah, believe it or not, Carrie Lake went from being a popular local newscaster to hating the media. She was personal friends with a drag queen, and now she says that they're a danger to children. Plus, she was a donor to Barack Obama's campaign, a donor. And now she rolls with a guy who thinks Obama isn't even American. Like, I've heard of people being open to change, but this is, this is almost not the same person. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we found out that the real Carrie Lake is locked up in a basement somewhere while this MAGA alien pretends to be her. Because this is a bigger transformation than the drag queens that she suddenly hates. Which, by the way, is particularly shitty. It's already horrible to turn on any friend, but betraying the one who taught you how to get your contouring on point, that is unforgivable. <laughs> and you know, over the past few years, over the past few years, this seems to have happened to a lot of people. Like, everywhere. Everyone has a story about this. They used to be normal, living a chilled life. But then they clicked on the wrong Facebook post. Or they got sucked in by a few YouTube videos, and the next thing you know, they believe the Care Bears are actually a democratic sex cult that's gonna penetrate your children with rainbows. <laughs> and, and, and while she sounds just like Trump on most issues, there's one thing Carrie Lake has in common with Trump that is especially dangerous. And I'm not talking about a friendship bracelet with Kim Jong-un, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about her refusal to take an election L. Anybody who was involved in that corrupt, shady, shoddy election of 2020. Lock them up. No more stolen elections. We have this illegitimate President Biden. We will no longer accept rigged elections. Who's with me on that? You've said that you think Trump won Arizona in 2020. Do you still believe that? I believe Biden is the president just like OJ is innocent. The system is corrupt. In Arizona, the Republican candidate for governor is refusing to say whether she'll accept the results of the upcoming election if she loses. Will you accept the results of your election in November? I'm gonna win the election and I will accept that result. If you lose, will you accept that? I'm gonna win the election and I will accept that result. I'm gonna win the election and I will accept that result. I'm gonna win the, ele the election and I will accept that result. You realize, thanks to Trump, every Republican running for office now is just like a whiny little kid who refuses to lose a board game, right? 
They used to be like, we are the party of personal responsibility. And it's like, well, it looks like you, you lost the election. Do you take responsibility for that? It's not my fault. It was stolen. I'm the governor. I am. <laughs> Why? Why? And by the way, by the way, it's ridiculous to compare Trump's election loss to OJ's murders, right? I mean, for one thing, OJ had a much better legal team. And also, that was the system doing its thing. But maybe, maybe you think Carrie Lake's election denials don't concern you, you know? Maybe you're thinking, hey, I don't live in Arizona, Trevor. The only issue that affects me there is whether the iced tea stays at 99 cents. <laughs> but you'd be wrong. Because you see, Arizona isn't just where your aunt gets all her turquoise jewelry, no. It's also a key swing state that helped push Joe Biden over the top in 2020. And if Carrie Lake becomes governor, she could have the final say over who wins it in 2024. And it doesn't sound like she's gonna be shy about getting the result that she wants. In the last 24 hours, you said the 2020 election was stolen. Would you have certified Arizona's results? Hell no. In 2024, would you be willing to put the country into position potentially of a constitutional crisis by not certifying Arizona's results? In 2024? If you were governor, that would come down to I you. Think I think, let me ask you, Vaughn. Would you certify a crooked, corrupt election? Would you certify a crooked, corrupt election? Just to make peace. Yes, no? That's not how I operate. Oof. You know things aren't looking good when the future of your democracy is being decided in a Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> but just think about it. Think about what Carrie Lake is saying. She's saying that if the election in 2024 is stolen for Biden, the same way the last election was stolen for Biden, then she's not going to approve the results. And that would be chaos. That could throw America into a constitutional crisis like it's never seen before. Who knows, maybe even another civil war, which is bullshit. Think about it, some local newscaster gets way into, too into Trump fan fiction and now I've gotta grow out mutton chops, huh? <laughs> I mean, can I pull it off? Yeah, but it's gonna be for the right reasons. And I know you might be saying, oh, relax. Trump tried to do a coup last time and it didn't work. Yeah, the only reason it didn't work is because there were various Republicans in key positions who didn't go along with it. But if those people get replaced by people like Carrie Lake, it's a whole different story because you see, you don't need to storm the Capitol when your friends have the keys. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The Dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The midterms. You know, that time of the year when your baby is at the highest risk of being kissed by Ted Cruz. There was a major debate last night that could change everything. And we'll tell you all about it in our ongoing coverage of Vote Demic 2022. leading up to election day right now is who will control the Senate when the dust settles? And with so many close races around the country, it could still go either way. But a pivotal moment may have occurred last night at a debate in Pennsylvania. On one side of this neck and neck race, you have Democrat John Fetterman, Lieutenant Governor and bouncer on the sets of Jerry Springer. (laughs) And on the Republican side, You have Dr. Oz, not to be confused with the Wizard of Oz, who also lived in a mansion that wasn't in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Now, after securing the Republican nomination, Dr. Oz has been trying to distance himself from the MAGA side of the force and reposition himself as a bipartisan voice of reason to try and scoop up all the centrist voters on election day. You know, he's basically doing that that TikTok thing where you flip your hair down and then when you come up, you act like you suddenly didn't want to hang Mike Pence. You know that thing? (laughs) But here's the thing, here's the thing, being pro-Trump and pro-reasonable is a lot harder than people think, which was apparent when Dr. Oz had to explain his position on abortion. Should abortion be banned in America? 60 seconds. There should not be involvement from the federal government in how states decide their abortion decisions. As a physician, I've been in the room when there's some difficult conversations happening. I don't want the federal government involved with that at all. I want women, doctors, local uh, political leaders, letting the democracy that's always allowed our nation to thrive to put the best ideas forward so states can decide for themselves. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dr. Oz said abortion rights should be decided by women and their doctors and local political leaders. <laughs> Which was pretty slick, right? I like how he did it, because he, he started that sentence like he was on the side of women. And then he snuck in the politicians at the end, like a teenager buying condoms at a gas station. <laughs> He's like, oh, let me get those Cheetos and the root beer, and can I get the Trojan condoms, please? <laughs> I'm going to get the reserve at the back. Let's be honest, if, if you're pro-choice, what Dr. Oz is suggesting is bullshit, right? I think we can all agree. There is only one politician who should have a say in your abortion, and that's Herschel Walker, because it's his. It's his. <laughs> it's probably his. Ladies, check. They're all his. Now, unfortunately, the Democrats couldn't exactly take a victory lap after Dr. Oz's performance at the debate, because it was their own guy who was getting most of the attention. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman started off the hour-long debate assuring voters he's still capable of doing the job of senator five months after having a stroke. Let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. I might miss some words during this debate, 
mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm going to keep coming back up. Fetterman's use of a closed captioning device during the debate, where he read questions in real time on a screen above the moderators, sparked debate on social media, with some observers seeing a strong performance amid recovery, while others cast him as unsteady. Fetterman especially lost his footing on the subject of fracking when questioned about a 2018 interview where he said he would never support the industry versus his current position supporting fracking. I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. You know what's interesting to see is how people have reacted to this clip. You know, because on the one hand, obviously, that was a part of the debate that tripped him up because he has had a shaky record on whether he's for or against the fracking. But also, beyond that, people were wondering about the stroke. And it was interesting to see. If people support him, they're seeing a guy who's overcoming a temporary disability. But then the people who are against him see a guy who's not mentally fit to be senator. And I guess because of polarization, it's like that with everything these days. Everyone's seeing the world from two different sides. Like, if you're a diehard Christmas lover, you hate the Grinch. <laughs> but if you don't like Christmas, then yeah, he's extremely f***able and you'd smash. <laughs> Everything is subjective. Everything. Look at that mouth. And I, I personally feel bad for John Fetterman, though, because he had a stroke, and on top of that, after the debate, Dr. Oz tried to sell him a supplement that would cure him for $59.99. <laughs> You know, if you ask me, I don't know why Fetterman ever admitted to having a stroke. This is American politics. You know, he could have just done whatever he wanted, right? He's running for the senator of Pennsylvania. He could have just showed up to the bed and be like, sorry for my words, everyone, I'm drunk off my ass. The entire state would have been like, hell yeah, man, savior, go Phillies, yeah! I love this guy, woo! But the truth is, Fetterman's limitations right now are just something voters will have to consider when they make their choice. Like, maybe they don't care whether Fetterman is capable of debating. Maybe voters prefer his policies. Or maybe they just want a senator who can block the door the next time it's getting stormed by rioters. That could be very useful. <laughs> it's all up to them. While China is spreading around the world in secret, there's an even bigger superpower who just announced her plan to dominate the globe. Fans of superstar singer Rihanna have been clamoring for new music from her for years, and now it appears their wait is almost over. Rihanna shared a 15-second teaser on Twitter of her new single titled, Lift Me Up. It's for the upcoming Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever. This marks Rihanna's first single as a lead artist in six long years for her fans. Jesus, Rihanna's releasing new music. And on top of that, her song is gonna be part of the new Black Panther movie. Are you kidding me? Oh, man, that's gonna be so great. I mean, it's gonna be great for us. It won't be great for the Wakandans because it's gonna be hard to concentrate on fighting the bad guys when a Rihanna song starts playing. You know, it's gonna be like, it's time to defend our ho- Oh! Oh, Shuri, are you hearing this right now, huh? Are you hearing this? Do you understand how big this is? Rihanna plus Black Panther, what? I haven't experienced this much black joy since, since that time Obama featured on that Cardi B track. Oh, man. Man, it was just like a whap, whap, whap. That's right. Uh, I'll tell you what makes my pussy wet, voting. Vote. Everybody vote. A whap, whap, whap. 
say though, I will say, you gotta admit, Rihanna's keeping us thirsty, huh? We've been all begging. We've been begging for an album for six years, and now she's like, okay, okay, I'll give you one song. And we're like, thank you, Rihanna. Thank you, just one song. Before we go, I wanted to remind you that peaceful protesters in Iran are risking their lives to be heard right now. The Center for Human Rights in Iran is helping to bring their voices to the international stage, and it provides legal aid for political prisoners and victims of violence. So, if you want to help them in this work, then please follow the link below. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.